I think that we could all agree that we've been through more than just a few years of renovations. As a matter of fact, if I was to calculate the days and time and seasons in the 19 years that I've been here. Oh, by the way, today is the 20th anniversary of Pastor and Sister Wilbert taking the helm of leadership at Capital Community. He's frowning behind that mask or smiling. I know he doesn't like the attention, and he omitted that from the announcements today. But we wanted to be mindful of that. But over the last 20 years, we can say that we have been in a great deal of renovation. You only have to walk through a building. Our lower auditorium was done extensively renovated. Our kitchen just three years ago, a couple years ago. Uh, last year, we started on our youth chapel and finished that somewhere near the front of the year and now we're finished in the sanctuary almost finished in here and and uh, the foyer is, is now in the sites we we celebrated about losing dusty rose carpets and pews some of you may be ready to celebrate about chandeliers i don't know i, I don't know i don't know but we are seated in our most recent effort. We've been focused on restoring and improving the function of our facility. So I thought maybe I'd just take a moment and remind us all that this effort didn't happen overnight. It, 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 it doesn't come quickly. It takes time to dismantle and deconstruct the parts and the pieces. And, and maybe I'll just remind you of the looming bulkhead that used to be right here. That, uh, to be really honest, I was fearful sometimes about what piece might fall out and catch me right in the top of the head someday. I, I don't know, or some of you, I don't know, but I'll, I'll remind you of that. It's, uh, some things we, we didn't have to adjust. We didn't have to mess with the foundation or the floor. Or, uh, you know, we changed the peripheral. We changed the, 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 the pretty things. That's, what I'll, that's Jack's way of saying it. I don't know what your way of saying it is. We were able to, you know, to make adjustments and carry out the old pews and bring in the new chairs and the carpet. So, so we, we've, we've done that. Some things, you know, some things perhaps it served its purpose long enough, like our sound system. Perhaps it, it served its purpose too long, like that dusty rose carpet and pews. And perhaps it got us to where we are, but it won't take us to where we need to go. You know what I'm talking about. Um, I, I remember that we started our video ministry. Is Clarence Morenzi here this morning? Clarence, if you're here, just give it. There he is, Brother Morenzi. I remember that, that our video ministry didn't start with these camera booths and cameras that you see here. Our video ministry started with Brother Morenzi th saying, you know, I think it would be really good for, for somebody to catalog what happens in our services. So he, he brought his little handy cam or his camcorder and he'd set that up. And, and we were clearing some of this stuff out for for our renovation, and I came across a couple of those tapes with his printing on it and the, and the title on those tapes, and I was reminded that somebody said, well, you know, I think that it would be good for us to have 
this catalog and categorized, and, and, and I'm grateful for those beginnings that we had, those starts. I, I remember that our video ministry also, we, we took what Brother Morenzi had begun and, and we added to it. I, uh, I borrowed slash stole my mother's video camera and added the second video feed so that we could have multiple feeds to this physical switcher. And it was kind of like this clunky click, 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 click. And we upgraded to a Videonics box. And some of you don't know what that is, and some of you do. And it was just a little bit smoother instead of this plain old punch box that we had. Now we had a nice little fader that we could fade back and forth between the camera angles. And, and the cameras weren't paired and they weren't together, but that moved into some old CBC equipment that we were able to get our hands on. And some of you remember those cameras because they weighed more than we did. And, you know, we had to buy tripods that would hold them. And, and just slowly and surely, we began to add these little pieces. And, and, and you know, the, the cobbling, everything kind of together. I, I don't think Mom ever did get back her video camera. Thanks, Mom. The Bible might call that stealing. I don't know. But, but, but if you have my books, please give them back. And if you have my tools, please give them back. But if we were to carry on that journey down memory lane for a few moments. The, the Bible has the psalm of ascents. You know what that is? The songs that they would sing on their way to the temple and, and they would sing them on their way. Well, we had the hall of ascents back here because the baptismal used to be up here, remember? So we had the hall of ascents. Uh, first of all, you know, we, we believe that baptism is essential. It's immediate. There's no delayed baptisms in the New Testament. When you see it, when you believe it, then we act on it. We we're ready to go. Our tank would always have water in it. That water may or may not have been warm. I may or may not have been worried a time or two about cardiac arrest. Not on me and the people that we were baptizing. But in that invitation for you to initiate your start to a brand new life, we would encourage you to take time and change in our baptismal changing room. That's an overstatement. It's a small cubby that we had carved out of the space beneath those stairs over there. And um, we still have that wonderful assortment of robes that you could choose from. And, and then you would begin your journey up the hall of ascension. <laughs> and unbeknownst to some of you, while you were getting changed into baptismal robes, we were doing a clean sweep of the back hall. Because while you were getting ready, so were we. Guitar cases, cables, mic stands, guitar stands, podiums, picnic tables, bicycles, <laughs> water bottles, small cars, <laughs> children's toys, tools, etc. Then we would encounter the first set of stairs, the landing, and I never even usually ever went down those. I just tried to keep them focused on us. Keep coming. We're here. It's safe. We've been here before. Come on. And uh, invite them up one set of stairs when, when you got to, <laughs> sorry, when you got to the top of that set of stairs, the blaring organ Leslie would be to your left <laughs> and pierce your left eardrum just slightly. And then another few steps and another landing before we would open the locked door that you could pull hard enough and yank free. Um, safety is our priority up another steep set of stairs to the top of the tank. <laughs> the closer to heaven that we could get you, the better. <laughs> and then we would invite you down into the baptismal pool, as the plumbers call it. 
that somebody 25 years ago thought would be good to give a partial paint job. <laughs> I don't know if you're here or not. That was before me. Uh, memories. And, and just one more for good measure this morning, a good memory or, or good riddance. Uh, I don't want to leave out our indoor ecosystem by our air conditioner. The air handler had a habit of freezing up and then pooling up and then raining down onto Kathy's keyboard in the middle of some of our most important ser services. Uh, the guest speaker here for Summer Summit one year tapped me on the shoulder and said, is it pouring water down on your wife's keyboard? <laughs> Kathy was there going... I do recommend Yamaha keyboards. They are rain resistant. <laughs> we did come up with a solution that may or may not have involved a single kitchen bowl sink, a few ratchet tied straps, a length of hose, and a hole drilled into the drain line to allow the water to now escape some sort of path other than to my wife and her electrified keyboard. It was good for what it was, but it it just wasn't all that. Some things we needed to change. And, and let, let's not just leave out that it would be so wrong for, for us to celebrate uh, the present without honoring the past. Let's not forget about Old Faithful. This is part of the reason why we would always have that beautiful music playing when we first came to the platform because we had to drown out that screen coming down, 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 down. <laughs> See, that's what we used to wait through, right there. And not, not, just please, please experience this with me. Here we go, are you ready for it? Ready for it, wait for it, just a little too far. Back up. Oh, go ahead and clap. That's why we might be a little excited to be in this building this morning. It would be wrong for us to celebrate the present without honoring the past. So while we're doing all that, let me remind you about what you already know. This building is just a whole lot more than the lower C church that we're seated in. We are far more concerned about the uppercase C church that we are a part of. And, and that's why we pause in a service to give to the big C church that's around the world. That's part of who we are. The birth of the church was in Acts chapter 2. The first thing that our, our city needs is an apostolic church. The first thing that we need is an apostolic church. I'm grateful for all of this, but the very priority, the number one priority is that we have an apostolic church. 
We, we don't have to wonder about what the church needs to be. We have apostolic blueprint, blueprint that's already in scripture. Our, our, our city doesn't need just another, another church. It needs an apostolic church. And, and that church is bigger than this building. That church is bigger than this congregation. That church goes beyond the borders that we have here at 71 Downing Street. Yeah, we might as well talk about that for a moment. It's bigger than the 45 acres that we seated on. That, that, that's more than that. The, the big church, the, the part of the church that God has called us to be a part of spans the borders of our city and beyond. We don't, we don't need anything more than, than an apostolic church to be our number one goal and our number one focus. And we already have the blueprint in the book of Acts for what we need to become because Peter preached about it in Acts 2 when they questioned him what they needed to do. Peter said, here's what you need to do. You want to know what our city needs to do? Here's what they need to do. You want to know what our city needs? Our city needs someone to declare the gospel that changes lives and transforms families and transforms not just futures in the here and now, but impacts eternities on the part of individuals. That's what the message most needed to hear is for our city. Acts 2.38, let me read it. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And, and here's how we know it's not just for them, for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Peter preached on that first day of Pentecost the message of salvation, and the church became the apostolic church. And the apostolic church had a beginning at that place, but we already preached about it. The day of Pentecost had fully come, but the day of Pentecost was not fully done. God's Pentecostal church was still at work, still engaged. And, and we, could, we could talk to any theologian and they would agree with us that the day of Pentecost was the birth of the church. But the work of the church went on beyond that day. And if there's anything that we want to identify with, if there's anything that we want to clarify and be sure of, is that we can reach back in our roots to that first day of Pentecost and ensure that in this day we are still a part of that apostolic day of Pentecost message that was preached. We need an apostolic church in our city. You want to talk about what Fredericton needs? We need an apostolic church that preaches an apostolic message without hindrance, without holdback, without reservation. We have to be willing to declare this is what we need to do. We need how that's great. And you get to be a part of that, but that doesn't stop there. The church didn't, it began, but it continued. Someone say a continuing church. In Acts 2.42, it goes on and says, and they continued steadfastly. They continued without hesitation. They continued with focus. They continued with intention. They continued regardless of what obstacle was in their path. They continued regardless of how many oppressors there were. They continued regardless of what somebody said about this brand new message and this brand new way. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued. So that's number one. Number two, and in fellowship. And three, in breaking of bread. Four, in prayers. 
and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things in common. Here we go. And sold their possessions and goods. Everybody bring everything. I'm just kidding. We got to pay for this. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Those masks are muffling. I just struck a chord, somebody. But the Bible says in two places in Acts 2 that they continued. Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly. Acts 2.46, it says that, that or, I don't have my glasses on. Let me get it right. Someone will call me on it. Yeah, Acts 46. Acts 2.46, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And here's what we want. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Here's what we know. We already know that we have, number one, an apostolic church. But number two is that if a church will continue in the apostolic way, God will do the work of adding to that church not just on Sunday or Wednesday or Saturday here's what God will do daily he will add to that church such as should be saved we have the responsibility of this continuing church we we started in the upper room but the upper room has got to come to our living room we all need an upper room experience in our life, but not at the cost of never having that experience lived out in our day-to-day, everyday activity. We need that apostolic truth, that upper room experience to occur in our living space, in our living period, in our, in our living with one another. We've got to be willing to begin to talk about, here's what God did for my home. Here's what God did for my family. Let me tell you about what happened in Acts 2.38. It happened in my life, but it can happen in your life our living rooms look a lot different sometimes sometimes it's Tim Hortons sometimes our living rooms are our our Bible charts that we set up in some of the most unexpected places sometimes it's just driving up the road in the car with somebody that that, that's questioning about why you believe what you believe that that's a living room we need to bring the upper room into our living room that's the kind of church that a city needs because let me tell you the enemy isn't 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 taking the time off from Monday to Saturday the the pressure that's applied continually by the world the downward push on morality doesn't stop except on Sunday it's consistent, it's constant, it's, it's re, uh, relentless, it just continues. But, but l- let me tell you what the, the countermeasure for that is. The, if the enemy is at work, and he is, then there is a countermeasure. It's a church that daily God adds to that church. It's Bible studies that crop up more than just Wednesday night. I'm grateful for one of the greatest Bible study teachers in the world sitting in this room. And And that's just not my words. I hear that all over. I'm grateful for that. But you want to know who the teacher is that your best friend hasn't heard? They'll never hear a pastor if they don't show up or click on. But they will hear your voice. You may be the best Bible study teacher that they will ever hear. You, you have it locked up on the inside. And if we allow this upper room experience to become part of our living room experience, then God can accomplish the 
church the work of the church that he wants to accomplish. This can be the kind of church that a city needs. I want to be a part of that church. I want to be a part of that church. The upper room has got to move to our living room. That apostolic doctrine of Peter, that message, it still works. It still works regardless of where it's preached. It's regardless uh, by who, uh, it still works regardless by who it's preached by, what they think of you. It still works. They they thought that the apostles were, were drunk. They thought they were stumbling out of an upper room after a good, uh, good season in the sauce. Just a few too many, eh? Like Peter had to correct them. These are not drunken as you suppose. I don't know about you, but when I see somebody stumbling toward me with a brown paper bag, and I, no, I can't say that it happens very often. <laughs> but if they're staggering and their words are slurred, I, I, I'm just going to carry on. Usually. So Peter had to counteract that whole mentality and say, whoa, hold up. We're not drunk as you suppose, but we got a hold of something. Something's been released in our spirit. We're not drunk as you suppose, but the Holy Ghost touched us. The Holy Ghost ministered to us. The Holy Ghost fell on us. We're not drunk as you suppose. So hold up. I got a message for you. Regardless of what they thought they were, they still preach the message. And that happens when an apostolic church takes an upper room experience into a living room experience. They can preach on the street and God will convert them. They can preach from a boat and God will convert them. They can preach wherever it is and God will convert them. That's the kind of church that a city needs. We need that kind of church. They continued steadfastly that apostle's doctrine of Peter's message and, and that preaching, it, it still works. We, can I just remind, we, we can have our worship wrong if our doctrine's right. We may not get it just right. Maybe you're the no criticism maybe you're the paint the sky guy swaddle the baby I'll take it I'll take it over this Maybe you're the football coach. Come on, we got a few stompers of our own. I got room to move. I'm just telling you, I'm dangerous. I saw the camera guys. Whatever it is, you, you, we, we may not get the worship just right by somebody's standard, but if we have the apostolic message right, souls will be transformed. We may not have worship just perfect. We, we may not get the key right every time. We may miss a cue here and there. The worship is great. The, the, the music is phenomenal. I mean, it's my, it's my wife. I have to say that. We, we, I don't have to say that, but I will say that. Um, it, we, we can get it just a little bit wrong. The, you know, the sermon, the preacher can be a little off. 
The sermon might be a little sideways. Snopes is a valuable tool. If it's too good to be true for your sermon, it probably is. It's a good rule of thumb for sermon illustrations. That sermon might be a little off, but let me tell you what. If your apostolic doctrine is on, you can transform lives. You can help bring somebody into the kingdom. You can allow someone to see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and it can transform somebody's life. We we may not get it all perfect all the time. We may may not have it all right or all together by your standards, but but can I tell you there's, there's something that we're not wrong on. We've got apostolic doctrine right back to Acts 2 and all the way through the epistles. We've got that part down. We know what we're talking about. That sounds so arrogant, Jack. No, it's not. If, the, if we're not sure about that, then why would we bother going through all this? Why would we bother? But if we're certain about that, then this is worth it. This is worth taking the time, making the time, prioritizing, being a part of what God is doing in a city. It's totally exciting. I want to be a part of a church that preaches apostolic doctrine because a city needs a church like that. Go ahead and clap hands to the Lord. Come on. We're called to continue that apostolic doctrine 2,000 and 21 years later. We're called to continue what began in the upper room. We're called to continue the message that Peter preached. We have a charge that's been given to us. We have a responsibility. We've been ordained. That's more than just a word for a reverend. We've been ordained to preach the gospel of Christ and continue. Our city needs a continuing church. It goes on. I won't take time to preach every point, but it said fellowship. We need one another. Continue fellowship. We need to continue signs and wonders. I'm appalled at the commentary on Acts that I read online sometimes. Miracles are not for today. Any miracles in the room? They are. Come on, there's miracles in the room right now. They are. These signs shall follow them that believe. So believers still have the right to claim the signs that follow. Signs and wonders. It's a daily experience. They said gladness and singleness of heart. Daily, praising God and having favor with all the people. Here's what the church shouldn't be. So offish that someone can't approach you. Here's what the church shouldn't be. So, so elevated you can't, you can't get on somebody's level or they can't get on your level. Here, here's what the church needs to be. The church needs to be approachable. Not only do we need to approach, but somebody may be watching you from a distance and and don't let them down. We're the church. Shine your light. Don't hide that under a bushel. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light so shine. Shine the light. That is that responsibility. Having favor with all the people. Here, Here were these upstarts with a new message that preached something that people had never heard in an odd way, in an odd place, but they still had favor with the people. 
having favor with all of the people. That needs to be a part of our continuing. We, 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 we'll shout about the, the, the doctrine part, but we need to continue fellowship. We need to continue signs and wonders. We need to continue daily experiences of gladness and singleness of heart and no division and we're working together. We need to praise God together. That's part of the mandate of continuing. And having favor with all the people. Someone tap your neighbor and say, we need to continue that. This glimpse into the early church activity accompanied the word continue intentionally. Fredericton does not need a quitting church. It needs a continuing church. (laughs) Acts 2 was not meant to be a unique endeavor. It was meant to be an experience that would continue. Someone say continue. Number three. We need a praying church. Our city needs a praying church. The words prayer, prayers, prayed, praying, and pray are found 29 times in the book of Acts because they were a praying church. Like Pastor mentioned, prayer continually. Prayer needs to be a part of our conversation. Prayer needs to be a part of our driving the car. Prayer needs to be a part of our mowing the lawn. Prayer needs to be a part of our intentional time that's set aside so we can get on our knees and hear the voice of God without any other distraction. Jesus said in a parable, he said, men ought always to pray. The, The alternative was to faint. In our fainting world, we have an option. It's called prayer saying there was a city, in a city, a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man, and there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said to himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her coming, her continual coming, she weary me. This is Luke's response to Jesus saying, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. That there was this continual knocking that happened at the door of heaven when you pray. So sometimes we, we, we get uh, troubled when our prayer isn't answered. But can I remind you, you have the right to continue praying. You have the right to act and continue. Church, we're, we're praying about revival in our city. We're praying about healing for members of our church family. We're praying. We are intentionally praying against COVID-19 and everything attached to it. That's a big uh, kettle of fish we won't dip our ladle into this morning. But we have the right to continue praying. Why? Because... If the unjust, Jesus went on to say, hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? Sometimes God's going to take his time. Sometimes God's going to take a little while before he answers, but you know what that is? It's an encouragement for us to continue in prayer, to continue praying about the same thing that's on your prayer board, to continue praying about the same thing that's on your prayer list. I hope you got a prayer list. 
to continue praying about, about what we've seen on our prayer encouragements on, on, on Friday nights about the people that we're praying for. That, it's about continuing to pray until we hear from God, until we have an answer from God. That is what prayer is. Prayer is asking in this immediate society, we want an immediate answer. But God sometimes says that he will bear along with them. But the, Jesus went on, the scripture goes on and says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on the earth? When he comes, will he find a church that's willing to pray? Prayer. It was Acts 3 that Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. We preach about the lame man from that text so often, but could we talk for a moment this morning about the hour of prayer? They went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. We want Acts 3-2, but it doesn't happen without Acts 3-1. A certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the temp gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter, this lame man, saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked in alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. And this is what we're talking about, number four. Our church needs to be a healing church. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple at the hour of prayer. Walking and leaping and praising God. That sounds like a great prayer meeting to me. We can come back to the music this morning. We're the church. We're privileged to be a part of this pastoral team, but this building, I'm grateful for everything that we're experiencing this morning, but it's not the church. You're the church. Talked a little bit at the beginning about sometimes you got to go back and do a little retrofit and renovate. Come on, we, you know what, if that has to happen in the natural building, that's just a little encouragement this morning about something that might need to happen in the spiritual building called the church. It's just a little reminder that sometimes we can, get, we can get a little wore out, just like Dusty Rose Carpet. I'll, I'll work that joke until you don't laugh anymore. And when Wendy stops laughing, we're all in trouble. I need to go find some sermon illustrations on Snopes. Wendy stops laughing. But come on, we need, we need to be a little renovation sometimes. We've we got to clean some cobwebs out of our spirit. We've got to reassess, oh, where, where has my mind been? What have I been distracted by? Where's my focus gone? Because this world can't afford a church that's not an apostolic church. A continuing church, a praying church, 
a healing church, a place where not just bodies are healed, but spirits and souls and minds. And God gives us all of those privileges and he packages it so often in this thing that we call prayer. I, I have a poem I'd like to share with you this morning. Prayer. Prayer was appointed to convey the blessings God designs to give. Long as they live, should Christians pray, for only while they pray, they live. And wilt thou still in silence lie while God stands waiting for thy prayer? My soul, thou hast a friend on high. Arise and thy, try thy interest there. Tis prayer supports the soul that's weak. The thought might be broken, language lame. Pray if thou canst or canst not speak and pray with faith in Jesus' name. Depend on him, thou canst not fail. Make all thy wants and wishes known. Fear not, his merits must prevail. Ask, but in faith it shall be done. Church, we have the privilege. I was shocked, Pastor, when you mentioned that we are approaching 7 billion or 7.9 billion? 7.9 billion people in the world. I, I've used the stat for a few years too long, about 6 billion people. I think I shifted a little while ago to 7 billion people. I had no idea that we had moved almost to 8 billion people in our world. Our world needs an apostolic church. Our, our world needs a church like that. Like that Acts church. Our, our world, our city needs a church like that. Let's start close enough to home where it matters. Our church has the privilege and the responsibility of being a part of what God is doing around the world. I, I'm going to put my glasses on because I think I just got the update for the world. Wow. We're going to get to Missions Minded Church in a few weeks, but thank you this morning for $30,000. Come on, our world needs a church like that. stand. I, I just want to celebrate that for a moment. Go ahead. Would you clap hands one more time because that means so much more than, than what it is on paper. That's no pressure. That's just an invitation. I thank God for that. I thank God for you. Whew. Come on. Lift your hands and thank God. God, I thank you for what you're doing around the world. Just let us be a part of that big part that you're working on. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I... Come on, the Spirit is ministering right now. 
healing can happen in this building because we're we've been bold enough to declare what God said that he would do if we just pray we we've been bold, bold enough to say what God would do if we just believed these signs shall follow them that believe just in case we don't want to miss a moment this morning would you lay hands on the person that you came with or somebody that you're here with this morning and just pray if there's a need in the room somebody pray for a healing touch to come God you promise these signs in your name God that's it come on that's it it come on church I, I just came to remind you you're the church I, I came to remind you it's, it's time for restoration it's time to release the church to be the church this morning we've got the right to lay claim to the promises of God we haven't preached anything new as a matter of fact I intentionally went old school all the way back to Acts 2 this morning because we don't need anything new we need a restoration of Acts 2 an apostolic church is what our world needs Shout Jesus from the mountains Shout Jesus